Hello, welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People, where we interview everyday people who tell their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency. We hope their stories help empower you during your journey. Pep Talks is brought to you by Mind Over Matter Books, books that teach children resiliency skills. Mind Over Matter Books can be found at mindovermatterbooks.com. Today's interview is with Maggie Shoup, a 30-year-old and former student of mine who has experienced some losses over the past five years. These experiences have taught her a lot about life and what it has to offer her despite experiencing these life-changing events. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you. I'm so excited to do this. This is a great opportunity for everyone to share their stories and how they got through life, um, whether it be different circumstances or situations. This is awesome that you're doing something like this. Well, and I appreciate people like you that are willing to come and tell your story. Um, Maggie was always a very upbeat, uh, cute little cheerleader at Normandy High School when I was a school counselor there. Uh, Very sweet very well-liked, very um, kind to others, and it just seemed like she, she had it together and had, had a good life. And, and then we stayed together, you know, stay connected over the years, and uh, she definitely experiences, experienced some hardships, especially in the last, last five years. Would you say, uh, Maggie, that you lived a pretty normal childhood and early adulthood? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I went to Catholic grade school up through eighth grade, went to Normandy. I found my good group of friends. I had good grades. Um, and then I went on to college and I had great friends there and I was just living a great life. <laughs> Everything was going great until I'm sure the most difficult day of your life when you lost your best friend. And that was five years ago, Maggie. And and I know this is a difficult subject, but I'm wondering if you can take us back to that day and what happened to your best friend. Yeah, um, it was a Friday. It was November 20th of 2015. And I had gotten a phone call. I just got off work. I came home. I was going to take a nap. Got a phone call, didn't have the phone number saved in my phone, so I was just going to say, no, I'm not answering that. Um, I happened to answer it, and it was some lady asking for Marge, and I don't know where she came up with Marge, but I said, well, this is Maggie, and she said, we have Kelly here, and at this hospital, we can't get a hold of her family. Can you do that for us? And I first thing I said was, well, is she okay? Um, And she wasn't able to answer that over the phone. So I had tried to reach out to her husband um, and her brother, and I had a weird feeling in my stomach. Um, I went and got my mom. I said, maybe we should head to the hospital, and um, I'll, tr- I'll keep trying to get a hold of her husband and her brother um, on the way there. Okay. 
Um, so we were on our way um, to the hospital and I told my mom, I said, I'm just going to keep trying to contact somebody while we're on our way there so that if she needs us, we'll be there and we can wait for her family to get there. Um, I finally got a hold of her husband. He was at work and he was heading that way. Also finally got a hold of her brother who was actually in meetings at work. So he was like, what's going on? Um, and he started to head that way also. Um, I was the first one there with my mom and they wouldn't let us see her because we didn't have the same last name. Her brother got there, uh, still wouldn't let us see her because he didn't have the same last name because she had just gotten married in August. So they now had different last names. So they had put her brother and my mom and me in a small, tiny little room waiting for her husband, Chad, to get there. And when he finally got there, they had let us know that she had passed away. And they used some sort of word that I am not medically, I don't know those verbal words very well. I just, not something that I was ever surrounded with. And I was like, well, did you, were you able to save her? And they were just like, nope. So um, we had to call her parents. We had to call her husband's parents. And it was just, uh, I'm thankful that I answered my phone that day. That's pretty much what it all comes down to. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. So you never, nobody got to say necessarily goodbye to her. You don't even know if she was alive at the time that you showed up at the hospital, do you? I don't know. No, I had, um, a lot of people had spoken to her that day. Um, she wanted to go out to, uh, what is that brewery down in Tremont? Um, Great Lakes Brewery for dinner. She wanted to go that night. I unfortunately had plans. I said, we'll go another time. And so I had been talking to her all morning. Wow. And so what did they, did you finally get a um, verification of what she died from? Um, I don't know exactly. I believe that they said it had something to do with her heart. Oh my goodness. So something very rare and unexpected happened to her heart. And where was Kelly when this took place? She was at work. She was at work. What was she doing for work? Uh, she was working for a, I believe, a beer distributing company. Okay. And did she just collapse or do you remember? Yeah. Um, I think that they just found her. She was cold from what they said to us and uh, they tried to help her and they just couldn't. So she may have been dead at work before she ever yeah. even made it to the hospital. Yeah. And at that point, she was 25 years old, correct? Yeah. 25 mm -hmm. years old, just dies suddenly, unexpectedly, young, beautiful woman. And she had just, she had a child that was like one and a half, two years old at the time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She, um, well, she had just gotten married August of 2015. So a few months prior and her daughter was the, the flower girl and I was her maid of honor. And I got to walk down the aisle with her daughter who was, yeah, she had to have been maybe a year and a half. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So your last big memory was that year walking down the aisle to see your best friend get married. Yeah. And just a few months later, she's collapsed and passed away. Yeah. Out of all of my um, friends, we had a pretty good core group of girlfriends. And I always say Kelly lived the most life. She was the first one to get married. She was the first one to buy a house and the first one to have a baby. Um, I think that all happened for some reason. It all happened to her, and she was just loving where her life was going. And I just think 
that that's a really um, odd thing that all of those things happened to her prior to her passing away. It means something to me. I just don't know exactly what it means. And maybe she just served as an inspiration to all of you to, hey, you know, life's short, get married, have those babies if you want to have those babies, buy that house if you want to buy that house, right? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. And so do you still get to see her baby and her husband? Um, not as much as I would like. I see her mom pretty often. Uh, her mom and dad, I see their, her parents a lot. They live very close to me here in Seven Hills. And, um, you know, I saw them at the dollar store uh, a few months ago and I took her mom out. Her mom's birthday is on leap day. So February 29th, she doesn't get a birthday very often. Uh, so we went to Cozumel's, had a few margaritas and it was a good time. That's sweet. Oh, that's funny because I ran into her husband at the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> their favorite spot, maybe. <laughs> that's their spot. That's funny. So so here you are five years ago in November, just it, you had to be in shock. What did you do to get get through this? I, what were, Do you remember your feelings, your the experience? It had to be so surreal. Yeah, I... Um... When all of it had happened, I felt like I had the responsibility of telling all of our friends. So uh, that night I got a pizza from Angie's Pizza and a Dr. Pepper and I sat on my couch and I was like, how do I do this? How do I tell my friends? We, Kelly had a ton of friends and who do I tell? Who do I try to reach out to? And I sent a text message. Uh, To this day, I regret that. I wish I could have called every single person that I could have, but it just wasn't that wasn't a real thing. I, at that time I wasn't able to do that. So I had sent a text message to everybody and word got out pretty quickly, you know, with Facebook and social media nowadays, it gets out pretty quickly. Um, and for a really long time, I wasn't Maggie and I had somebody tell me, you know, like you're a different person. You are not who you used to be when I met you. And, uh, I think some people just didn't understand what I was going through at that time. And what did they mean by you are different? What were some of the uh, personality changes or uh, behaviors that they saw that differed? Uh, I was very quiet. I was sad all the time. I had a lot of trouble understanding why something like this would happen to me. Um, And, you know, I, I, I went to Catholic grade school for eight years and I was having trouble figuring out if this faith that I believed in for so long was actually something that was real because that these kinds of things shouldn't happen to me. I'm a good person and I try to be very positive and it was a very long time for me to get back to where I am at today. Wow. And I'm glad that you're back to the, this fun, loving, outgoing Maggie. What do you, what did you do to get back to you? How did you get through this grief? Um, I started to do something called booty yoga. I don't know if you, I know that you're a yoga person, um, but booty yoga is, I'm not into the like calming yoga. I'm into the like jumping around, getting really sweaty, um, loud music, that kind of stuff. So I got into booty yoga. Um, I also got all of the negativity out of my life, all the negative people, all the things that brought me negative feelings. I found a way to um, take a step back and try to push all of that away from me. 
I found a career that I enjoy and I surround myself with people that are positive and support me in what I want to do in life. Beautiful. All key elements in trying to get past something so painful and so shocking in your life. You have to rebuild yourself and you did it. You found that outlet, that way to relax, which you know, isn't the Zen yoga, but that's, okay. yeah. I mean, people relax running marathons. Everybody has their way to relax and the booty yoga served its purpose with you for your mind and body and definitely ridding yourself of the negative people, the negative, the negativity period, whatever that might be. Um, if it's activities that were kind of had negative results or people you got rid of them. You were able to stand up and just move past them. I love that you were able to do that. And then you said you found, you know, a career. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I was, uh, when Kelly had passed away, I was working at a chiropractor's office. Um, I had a mutual friend that got me the job there, just making some appointments. I knew nothing about chiropractic care or treatment. Um, and then I was looking for something different. I kind of felt like I was stuck in that slump, maybe a little bit of negativity there just because that's what I was doing while Kelly was still around. So I had just a raw feelings um, of working there. I was ready to move on and do something else. Found myself um, applying to a dental office, which is interesting because I never enjoyed going to dental um, appointments. Um, But I found myself working at a dental office. I've been there for about four years now. Started off as an appointment coordinator and I am now the patient coordinator at the office. Very good. So you find that to be a positive, upbeat kind of environment for you to be working? I do. I um, The two doctors that I work for are awesome. And I see people come in there. You know, I know I've started to build relationships with our patients along with my coworkers, but my patients that come in um, and I see them leave my office as a more confident and positive person. And that's just something that I see myself. I've, I've been through that, whether it be through a different smile or not, uh, new teeth or not, but I, I'm glad that I work somewhere where I can see that happening to people. Beautiful. And you've always had a beautiful smile, so I'm sure yeah. that's, that's something you love to see on other people. And that's neat because, you know, there's so many ways to help empower others and help others feel good about themselves. And certainly the physical look and people coming you know, in wanting their teeth fixed and coming out with a, a smile, being able to smile, being, being confident in their smile has to help you feel good too. Absolutely. Gives you a purpose and you're kind of the frontline person that they say that they see when they come in and speak to. And so you've built that relationship and that's neat. It, it's that need to be needed and that need to connect with others is important. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. Now, now moving forward, um, how do you cope with memories of Kelly or are there certain things that trigger that make you laugh about Kelly or make you a little sad? Uh, yeah. So for her birthday every year, uh, it's in July and I always go to the cemetery and I have a few drinks with her, um, let go of a few balloons for her and I just kind of sit there 
have a few conversations. Um, and, and then also November 20th every year, I go visit her at the cemetery. Um, I'm getting married February of next year. And I'm having a lot of trouble currently right now thinking about having a wedding without Kelly. Um, I, like I had said prior, I was her maid of honor. And I always, we had that promise to each other for so long that we would be in each other's maid of honor, be that person standing right next to each other. Um, I think about the speech that I gave at her wedding saying, I can't wait till you're the person standing next to me at my wedding. And, um, there's a lot of little things. I have pictures of her everywhere. Um, her Facebook is still there and I can still go to it and write to her if I want to and see what other people are saying to her. Um, seeing her parents helps me a lot. Uh, and just, you know, high school memories. I lived with her in college. I lived with her after college. Um, just day to day, I always think about her, just certain little things that make me happy, make me sad maybe, but it's all in all good memories. All good memories. And uh, you get to see her little girl occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. And does she resemble her mother? Oh, looks just like her. That's what I thought when I saw her. Long legs, long legs, blonde hair. Yeah, just like her. Do you see Kelly's personality in her? Very sassy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know Chad was very much in love with her, and I'm sure having a little mini-me of Kelly helps him to get through his loss as well. Wow. So that little girl, the little mini-me, and what is Kelly's daughter's name? Riley. Riley. How sweet. So you, you've managed to work through this difficult time. It's only been five years. And now you're approaching your own wedding in less than a year. And you want to figure out a way to keep her, bring her into the picture, which I'm sure you will come up with a very creative and beautiful way to have her be a part of your ceremony. I know. you. Yes, will. absolutely. I have a few ideas in my brain. I just got to figure out how to bring it all together. I know you will. I, <laughs> I know you will. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, that that was not the only loss you experienced in the last five years. I know that your father had been sick for a while, and he also passed. Take me back to your father's illness and all that you were going through with him. Yeah, um, back in 2000, I think it was 2010. No, it had to have been before that. I was a, a sophomore in high school. Um, I was working as a gymnastics coach, and I remember my family saying, we're going to go out to dinner. And I don't remember if we were sitting at the dinner table. Uh, I just remember them telling me that dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Had no idea what that was. Um, I just knew that every once in a while he lost his balance or he forgot things or he got really angry very quickly, which was never what my dad was like. Um, but going forward, he had only gotten progressively worse over the years. Um, he, I moved to college and he cried and that was a sign to me like he's not the same dad that I remember growing up because my dad never cried. Uh, he was a very like strong willed, um, played softball, dirty man that just liked to work all the time and probably wished that I was a boy when I was born. But, um, 
he was uh he was a great guy and he was sick for a really long time wow he was sick a long time so he he fought ms for like almost 10 years yeah oh my goodness it's so so debilitating uh depending on the type you have uh i know that his was pretty progressive and he he eventually had to uh, live in a home a nursing home didn't he he did yeah so he had um probably about four years ago, moved into a nursing home. And at that time I was graduated from college and I made the decision to move back home with my mom. Uh, I felt like that was just the right thing to do as her daughter and be with her and support her whenever she needed me. Um, so I was able to come back home with my mom while dad was in the nursing home. We tried to do home care for a long time and it just, he, he was getting worse and my mom could only do so much. The nurses could only do so much. So yeah, he ended up in a nursing home for about four years. Yeah, that's a very difficult decision. But you know, in the long run, it is always the best. You, he's surrounded 24-7 with the professionals who know exactly how to care for him. And it relieves the stress from the family who isn't equipped to do this and then allows you to be the best you can be when you are with him. Because that can get really frustrating trying to, even physically laborious, trying to help them from room to room or bed to chair. And it just is overwhelming and draining on you. And, you know, it's important that during times like that, we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. So hopefully during that time, were you able to do things to help take care of yourself while your father was sick? Um, I, yes, I would say I did do things to help care for myself. I, um, I always thought about what was going to happen in the future with my dad because I knew what happened to Kelly and it was unexpected. This was, I was expecting this for so long and I had to retrain my brain to think that, you know, like if I went to go visit him on father's day, you know, retrain my brain not to say this could be the last one with him. Um, I had to tell myself, let's just enjoy the time we have together. I'll give him some Reese cups because that's like his favorite thing ever. And he'll just be happy that I'm sitting in the same room as him. Um, he wasn't very communicative all the time when we went to go visit him. He wasn't the same person that I remember him being that wanted to play softball with me or wanted to ask me what I learned in school. He um, just kind of sat there, but I knew that he appreciated me being there. Uh, it was a really hard thing for me to do to go see him. I didn't do it as often as I would have liked. And I feel that that was me um, preparing myself for the future, but also saving my sanity at some point. You have to, you, you have to take care of you and you have to go, when you're 100%, you have to take care of you. I mean, my gosh, it can be overwhelming. And if you continue to visit somebody that's draining on you emotionally and mentally, you, you show up and, and they feel that. They know that. It's much better to come fresh, you know, once a week rather than haggard and stressed and worried daily. So I'm, I'm glad that you recognize that and went when you were able to go that was best for you. And, you know, along the way, here you are kind of also trying to take care of and support your mother during this journey. So you, you really had your hands full as a, a young, young woman. You just lost your 
best friend and you know that your father's illness is debilitating, progressive, and never quite sure what the timeline is. I really love that you tried to stay present and and not think, which is really hard to do, but not think like, yeah, this might be my last time visiting him. This might be the last Father's Day. Because, boy, once you lose a friend, um, you know, like you did with Kelly, just abruptly, it's hard to believe past that. It's hard, hard to, but you do. You have a very strong belief system. You have a very strong understanding that you'll get through tough times. Have you always had that? Uh, no, because I never really knew what a tough time actually was um, until I went through Kelly. And then I feel like all of that for that five years that I went through that and I tried to find the new person that I was and the positive person that I wanted to be. And then my dad um, passing away, I feel like I was able to um, know my feelings and know the kind of person that I am and just kind of use that positivity to push through the uh, after facts of my dad passing away. Using that positivity to get through. Love that. Yeah, that two harsh losses. I mean, your best friend and then your father. And and no death is easy, but the 10 years of kind of anticipating your father's death makes it a little bit more bearable. But then on the flip side was 10 years of memories of your father declining. Right. So are, are you able to remember before that when he was more healthy? Do you have fond memories that you refer back to? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of great memories and that's not because he wasn't a great guy. I feel like up till when he got diagnosed, I wasn't taking it all in as I should have. Granted, I was a young kid. I was a teenager going through high school, you know, was worried about boyfriends and who my besties were. Um, and I wish I could go back and build more memories or try to bank those memories that I, um, when I enjoyed times with him. Um, but I, sure, I have some good memories. You know, we went to Disney World as a family and he loved Tigger and he got a Tigger pin and um, he taught me how to play softball and I got to watch him play softball with my cousins. And I just know that he enjoyed life when he was healthy. And that's one thing that I always remember is he um, always laughed. And my mom actually came across a birthday card that I wrote out. I made a birthday card for him when he turned 46. And on the back, I wrote, I'm glad I'm not 46. Um, and I'm sure that he just loved that. And he was a good person. Cute. You had a little sense of humor there, huh, Maggie? Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. That's sweet. And and, and speaking of humor, uh, you're always very smiley and, and happy-go-lucky. What do you do to keep that sense of humor? Like, uh, do you surround, are your friends and your fiancé, are they funny people, uplifting people? Yeah, I always ask my fiancé, I say, how, what made you so funny? I don't think that I'm a funny person, but I think he's just hilarious. And I just, I think I have an easy sense of humor. It's really easy to make me laugh and smile. Um, but I try to surround myself with funny people. I uh, watch Ellen DeGeneres all the time. I record every single show of hers. And 
to me, she is just a funny lady who just loves life and supports everybody and tries to give back what she knows as a person. And I, yeah, funny people are the best. <laughs> and I recall you mentioning that didn't Kelly, before she passed away, write to Ellen to try yeah, she did. Um, so probably a few months prior to her passing away, or it might have even been a few weeks, um, she had texted me and she's like, hey, I just wrote to Ellen. I want to get me and you on her show. I don't know what we would do. I don't know what we would say, but I hope that she responds. And me and Kelly lived in a dorm room together. So a very small closet sized room when we were in Kent and we used to watch her all the time. And little does she know that I always wrote to Ellen multiple times. I've written to Ellen, but trying to get us on her show, it's never happened. But <laughs> yeah, Kelly loved Ellen DeGeneres. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. And I, I have done the same thing. Yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> oh my God, I've sent my dog. I've like, you know, <laughs> pimped my dog out for Ellen. I'm doing everything I can. Like, look at my cute dog. Look at me. I'm funny. Yeah, nothing, nothing. I think we would love each other. Like, she would have such a good time with us. I know. I always say I would love to work for her. I would do anything for her. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. She's such an inspiration. I could see why you would enjoy Ellen. She's got, you have a lot of her personality. You have that easygoing, helpful, kind, compassionate personality like Ellen saw. She's missing out by not meeting you and not having (laughs) you on the show. You're not missing out on her. (laughs) (laughs) So um, in relaxing, you are still involved in this booty yoga? I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Currently um, doing it like via Zoom at home in my basement, but I'm doing what I can. (laughs) That is awesome. I'm going to have to check it out. I don't know if I'm... uh, that's my style or not. I was always a very hyperactive person. So you would think that something like this would be my style. It's B-U-T-I, right? Yes. Yeah. Yoga. And does it involve loud music or what, what more does it involve? Yeah. So the music is always very loud and it's more, uh, there's like tribal moves to it. So, you know, you're hitting your mat and clapping your hands, jumping up and down, that kind of stuff. It's very active. Whereas my mom does likes the yoga where you just, you lay on the ground and we all have our own, you know, we all have our own ways to uh, relax, but that's what I like to do. And how did you discover booty yoga? Uh, little birdie wine nest. Do you, have you heard of it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I, I did a power yoga class with my mom there. It was my first yoga class. And I said, Oh, that was okay. I got a little sweaty, but I didn't really enjoy like the standing in one pose for a long amount of time. Not really my thing, a little too slow for me. So then, uh, I'm not into trying new things, but I, figured I would try it. I saw it on their website and I was like, let's give it a shot. So yeah, I've been doing it there for about two years now. And then um, there's a new yoga studio down the road that I've gone to all with the same instructor. I really enjoy her. Good for you. What a good outlet for you. You're certainly doing all the right things. You have a nice um, mental health mind, you know, ability to see through these tough times and to have this hope and you have ways of relaxing. You're surrounding yourself around positive, funny people. And you're also surrounding yourself by people who love you. And you have your mother and your fiance and a swell of friends and you're getting married in February. So you have a lot of good things going on for you. What does the future hold besides this 
big wedding that you're going to have that I know Kelly will be there in spirit and somehow you will make her there in other ways. What else are you looking forward to in your future? Uh, well, I when I went to college, I was never really sure what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. And um, I always knew that I wanted to buy a house. I always knew I wanted to get married. And I always knew that I wanted to have kids and be a mom. Um, I think part of that comes from being raised by such a wonderful family. And my mom being my main support system for the past few years, I just knew that that was a lifetime goal for me. And that's what I would be best at. So I got my communications degree at Kent State, but I'm working on buying my own house and building my own little family soon. Love it. Love it. And if you're anything like your mother, you're going to be an amazing mother. I know that your mother is a sweetheart. I always enjoyed her. Uh, and I know that you're going to follow your dreams. You you have a good mind and good determination. Seems like nothing's going to stop you. You've been through one of the most trying, difficult experiences a young lady could ever experience, losing her best friend. So, you know, you were her best, you were her roommate, her best friend, and her maid of honor. Um, I mean, you two were inseparable. And to have to go through life now without that other half of yours, you've done it and you've shown others how to do it. You've been a role model, I'm sure, to your other friends who maybe were friends to Kelly, good friends to Kelly, but not her best friend. So you had to be a good example to all of those that were also feeling the pain from losing her, I can imagine. I try really hard to get that positivity into everybody, whether they weren't, they didn't even know Kelly. So a lot of my coworkers now, they uh, didn't know Kelly. And I try to maybe tell them a little bit of the backstory. You know, I wear a K on my necklace every day. So people see that every once in a while. And I give them, I give them the backstory and kind of just let them know what I've gone through and let them know that as long as you're doing what you can, you'll, you'll make it through it. That's beautiful. So we, we try to make rhyme or reason out of some of the tragedies in life. And perhaps losing Kelly helped you to be the mentor to others, the role model and the guiding light to those who are going through difficult times and experiencing loss themselves. Like you've bounced back from this. You still wear a smile. You keep her memory live, but you experience so much pain that didn't close down and stop living your life fully. So, you know, you, you, you're able to take that away from this awful experience. And I'm, I'm impressed with you for doing that, for taking that lead. Um, Maggie, I'm so grateful to have had you come on the show and talk about this really difficult time that you had. It's still pretty raw. It's only been five years and since you lost Kelly and one year since you lost your father. So this is like ripping the bandaid off of a, still a, a fresh wound. And I appreciate you sharing the story. And I, I know this will be inspiration to those who are going through uh, experiencing losses or experiencing having a parent who is ill or even terminally ill that uh, need to stay present and just appreciate that moment that you have with them. So I appreciate you, and I look forward to following your journey when you get married in February and you get this new home and eventually have your babies. 
I, I know we're going to say she said it here first, everyone. She was going to do this, and she did, and she didn't let these losses in her life stop her from following her dreams. So I wish you well, Maggie Shoup, and good luck with the planning of that wedding, and I know that Kelly will be an instrumental part of that wedding in spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Today's takeaway points from our interview with Maggie Shoup are... Find a way to exercise your body and mind daily. In fact, there are many forms of yoga. Maybe one will suit your needs. Rid yourself of the negative people and parts of your life. And surround yourself with positive people and positivity. When facing a loved one's terminal or inevitable death, enjoy the time you have together. Enjoy the now in the relationship. Today's gratitude is, it's hard to turn the page when you know someone won't be in the next chapter, but the story must go on. The reality is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same nor should you be the same, nor would you want to be. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guests helped you overcome some of your adversity and learn some new resiliency skills to help you to live a more fulfilled life. Keep on dancing and don't stop believing. <laughs>